Welcome to the Refined Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Harris, and I'm just so glad you're here. This podcast is designed to dig below the surface. We're going to talk about everything from life to love and pretty much everything in between. So go ahead and leave that Superman cape of having it all together at the door because life is freaking messy. Don't I know it. Now, not only are we going to be real, we're going to have some fun too, because Lord knows I will find any excuse to bring up Beyonce or the latest episode of The Bachelorette. So if you're a new friend, welcome. Make sure you're subscribed to the Refined Collective podcast on iTunes. And if you're an old friend, welcome back. And would you do me a quick favor? Hop on over to iTunes, leave us a five-star rating and written review. I would be so grateful. Finally, if something stands out to you in this episode, go on and slide into my DMs on Instagram. I love hearing from you. It's at The Refined Woman. Now let's go ahead and get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Refined Collective Podcast. I am your host, Kat Harris. And today I want to give a special thanks and shout out to Newsstand Studio at One Rockefeller Plaza, which is where I'm recording live today. If you don't know what Rockefeller Plaza is or what that means, it's that place in New York City that has that crazy tall Christmas tree every year. That's where I'm recording my podcast today. So thank you so much, Newsstand Studio at One Rockefeller Plaza. Now on to the amazing guests that I have today. Andy Andrew is a dear friend of mine, and I've been trying to get homegirl on my podcast for a long time. (laughs) She is a very busy woman. She is a wife, a mother, a pastor, author, and speaker. Andy is the lead pastor with her husband, Paul, of the Liberty Church here in New York City and Brooklyn. They have sites all over the city. It was established in 2010, and in 2015, she launched She Is Free, a movement that exists to equip and act women to walk in freedom, spirit, soul, and body, and see others set free in their sphere of influence. Currently, Andy's life is focused on raising her family of four kiddos in New York City, by the way, which, oh my gosh, that's a podcast series in itself, writing her third book and building Liberty Church and traveling to invest into churches and lives all over the world. That is Andy. There's a million more things about her. I cannot wait for you to get to know her. Today, we are talking about dream interpretation because I put a poll on Instagram about what you wanted to talk with Andy Andrew about, and this is what you said. So Andy Andrew, welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Oh man, I love you so much. How are you doing? I don't even know how to answer that question anymore. (laughs) No, like, how do we answer that question in this day yeah, and age? Yeah, I, I told a friend this week, I, she said, how are you? And I said, I feel as though I am in the TV show Stranger Things and I'm in the underworld or whatever. That's the upside down world. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how, that is how it feels. I yes. feel like we are all making plans and then we're crushing those plans like every day as in not crushing it in a yeah. really cool way. Like I crush those plans. Like, no, I crush them because they, they all changed. changed. <laughs> oh, I had this plan and now it's nothing is the same anymore. And yeah. And it's kind of true though. Like I, that's a really interesting question. Like, do we answer that honestly? Or could you like, how much time do you have for me to do you tell have, you like, a bottle of wine or a whole entire pot of coffee <laughs> in seven hours? I will tell you how I'm doing. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Let me walk you through my process. But yeah, I I feel you on all of that. But oh my gosh. How I feel, how I am currently doing is, and I think this might be just more of like an overall theme of what God is doing in my life and my heart right now. So I don't don't know how this resonates with you or not, but I, I used to think I was either good or bad, happy or sad, angry, peaceful. And this whole season has been me kind of really learning to hold the tension of so much joy, so Mm. much excitement, so much transition, so much unknown, so much surrender, so much grief and loss. And I'm feeling it all at the same time. And so I think I felt overwhelmed a lot, but also just learning that Life is really in this, it's not this either or, but it's for me has become this both and and having and having grace and space yeah. to hold all the different things at once. And it doesn't feel very comfortable. 
Well, no, it's not very comfortable. And I think that's one thing that I realized that we live in a liminal Mm -hmm. space, like straddling the line of two worlds a lot of times. And I think, I don't remember who it was that said it, but I've heard this quote, like, as we look at our lives on a daily basis saying, is this attention to manage Mm -hmm. or a problem to solve? And a lot of life is just attention to manage where we're walking through things. And I was thinking even about like when you think of the character of God, like he, he is a God that full of justice mm. and he is a God of mercy. That's a weird tension mm. to walk in, and especially the times we're living in too, right? Justice and mercy and straddling that. And it's like, ugh. and that's just with major concepts, let alone our own life where, um, who was it also that is Dickens, mm. you know, someone, when we were, when we were getting ready to, uh, you know, plant a church here in New York, um, where we were doing our training, they're like, be sure this is really what you Mm want to do because pastoring and leading is like a Dickens novel. It all in one day, it was the best of times and the worst of times. And right. And so I think that is, that is actually life. Mm. And you're right. I think when we are, when we're growing and maturing, you start to realize, oh my goodness, like life is literally tension to manage instead of, instead of like, I'm having the best day ever because it could end in not a great way. And that's okay. That's life. And I don't know if you struggle with this ever, but I think for me sometimes, I mean, I'm a heart on my sleeve girl and I actually think you're that way too. Oh, hi. Yes, that's why we're friends. (laughs) We're happy and then we're crying and then freaking out. Yeah. Sometimes I I don't know how to be honest with people or honest on the world of the internet and social media because one of my friends recently was like, you're so honest online. You share so much of your personal life. And I said... I actually don't. I'm actually, I really try to protect my personal life because I really want to protect and honor the process that I'm going through with real life people, as opposed to sharing crisis in the moment with a lot of strangers. And, and in that I struggle because I see my friends talking about miscarriages the day it happens or breakups, right? When it happens. And I don't judge that, but sometimes I struggle with, am I not being authentic, but then I don't feel like (laughs) I can share this right now. And yeah, just how do you find that discernment of how to be honest, how to be authentic, but not sharing all things with all people at all times. I think that's a really important question for, (laughs) hello, the now times (laughs) that we're living in because we're we're so quick to share opinions that could change by Mm. tomorrow, Um, depending on the news feed or your feeling or your anger Mm. or emotion, according to whatever is happening at the moment. And I think for me, um, you know, we just got back from vacation and there was like a real deep work that has been done in me. I got, oh, like rocked on crazy mm-hmm. ways and a lot of deliverance and freedom and in in ways that I wasn't expecting. But all that to say, what I realized even with my social media feed is like, God said to me, he's like, you need to stop posting what you think you should and just do what mm-hmm. I tell you to do, which is crazy. And some days that's posting absolutely nothing for you know, a couple of days and other times it's just being obedient to write something at the right time, whether people see it like mm-hmm. it or not. Um, I'm just, I think really what I got set free from was the fear of man. Like, cause when you, when you think about that, when you straddle the fear of man, that liminal space of like trying to please everyone, you, you please no one and you don't please God either. And you live literally that anxiety that comes from, um, not being authentic Mm. (laughs) and the need to perform. But I think, man, if we could just take a breath for a hot second before we post something, um, or say something or do something, but I'm with you. Like, I love that you even say that because I do love how vulnerable you mm-hmm. are, but you're only sharing like the top part of the, of the iceberg, right? right? Not right, the whole thing. Right. And, um, but yeah, we just have to, I guess, be obedient to that and, and lean into following the Holy Spirit and doing what he yeah. tells us to do or yeah. not and shut up. Even if it, even if you feel like, but I want to, no, just, yeah, just, just be quiet. <laughs> close your mouth for two seconds. <laughs> Listen, just two, just two. two. I'll really, really try hard. Yeah. Well, kind of speaking of social media and I'm, I'm taking a little bit of a turn, but you shared recently on Instagram about a prophetic dream that you had a few years ago. And I believe it was in your last book, Faker Follower. Um, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. That yep. one. Okay. And you said something, I wrote it down here. You said as if posting a picture on our social media channels alone solves the <laughs> massive problem we see all around us. If we could intentionally put our yep. phones down more often and be about our father's business, we'd see the change and transformation we so eloquently post about on our feeds. And then you say, I yep. think we can all agree that the last thing a lost and dying world needs is an army of cute entertainers who are only interested in saving ourselves while spouting our opinions and putting on a show with an impotent gospel that temporarily fixes our symptoms instead of healing the heart, soul, and body. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I let's talk about mm-hmm. that dream. Can you, that's that right there. I just... I I want that tattooed on my forehead for myself to see every time I look in the mirror before I want to post anything. But can you just walk us yeah. through this dream that you had and why you think that dream is for now? Yeah. Well, what's crazy is, and I'll walk you through that and I'll give you the quick version of it. Um, but that dream came to me in 2016, Mm. which is insane because that was the election season four years ago. And that was a tumultuous time, um, for our nation and honestly the nations. And so, so what had happened in that dream is that I was walking with my two youngest children. I have four. And at the time I was holding both of their hands and we were walking through downtown Brooklyn. And while we were walking through downtown Brooklyn, I could see that at my um, right shoulder that um, my angel, I had a guardian angel that was standing there walking with us. But as I looked to the right, there was a subway station and there was dead bodies piled mm. up. And the, and people were taking selfies with the dead bodies and the police were trying to push them away saying, this is inappropriate, don't do this. And we came around the corner into the front of Borough Hall and there were charred bodies and severed heads and there had been a raid the night before. And I felt no fear. Mm. And I remember my kids were with me. They were looking at all of it and they had no fear. And I looked at my guardian angel or my angel, and it was my guardian angel, but the angel that was standing next to me nodded at me to walk into um, the destruction. And there was landmines. There was all of this chaos and confusion. And I sensed that I was supposed to walk into it. Now, let me pause for this mm-hmm. part of the, the, the dream because I woke up the next morning and this part alone um, was mind-blowing. But I want to interpret as I go because what I sensed was there's a few pieces to this because I was like, God, is this, is this like a nightmare? Do mm-hmm. I need to be praying for our city? Is something about to take place? Um, that we need to to pray pray against or pray for? And I sensed, no, the Lord was saying, this is the state of the church. Wow is that there are there are dead bodies piled up everywhere. People are the walking dead. And meanwhile, we are more interested in taking selfies with the dead instead of sharing the gospel, instead of sharing with them the true life that is found in Jesus. And there is the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He is taking people's lives out left, right, and center. And we are meant to grab the generations by the hand, and we are meant to disciple them and lead them right into the middle of the death and destruction and to bring life and life abundantly. And it was like, if we as the church don't get this and we stop taking selfies and posting our lives and what we're doing and this, that, and the other thing, and we forget to put our phones down and actually see that people desperately need Jesus, like we better wake uh, up. So it was this wake up, this wake up moment. But then um, there was another part where I walked, you know, I was walking through um, uh, this safe passage right after that with my children and there was provisions and food. And and then I was in a building in Crown Heights, which all of this has symbolism. So like Crown um, a place of royalty, the eighth floor eight is a, is a new beginning. Mm-hmm. I was on the eighth floor with my family and my family. Um, we had, we could tell that there was going to be another raid, more death and destruction. I was on night watch and we, we escaped, but the whole picture there was too about us doing life in community as a Royal priesthood that there is a new beginning for those that are doing life together and to be on watch for each other as we walk through dark times. Like it's just, it was this whole picture. Um, and again, I know I'm kind of, I'm expanding on it a little bit from even what I wrote mm-hmm. in the book, but I think it's a word for now because I'm looking at the death and the destruction and the division and the pain and the chaos that is all around us. And it does kind of tie into the posting mm-hmm. thing is that if we, like, what did Jesus do? He Jesus said, I only do what the Father is doing. 
So he was about his father's business. We don't, we're not paying attention. We're like, we're, we're, we're so engrossed on reading other people's stories and seeing what's going on in everybody else's lives that we forget to run into the presence of God and go, father, what are you doing today? I want to go and do that. I don't want to post about loving my neighbor. I want to actually love yeah. my neighbor. What does that really mean in my context, in my neighborhood, with my neighbor, my my old sweet man neighbor next door, mm. um, all of all of those stories. And I think that that is really yeah. the picture that I'm talking about and why that dream is so such a now word mm. too. I mean, I hear so yeah. many different layers in that. And one of them is just this idea of what you said, the quote from your book of putting your phones down long enough to be about God's business and see the change we mm-hmm. so keep chatting about. And I had a challenging conversation with a friend of mine, Kevin Singleton, last weekend. He runs a nonprofit yeah. here in the city, Elevate New York. And he was like, Cat, man, thank you so much for posting about Black Lives Matter all the time. Like, I really appreciate that. But would you stop posting about it? And my organization needs some photos. Will you come take pictures? Will you, will you, we're, we're building, we're trying to build our fundraising campaign. Do you have friends that want to be a part of it? He was like, this is so great that people are kind of having this awakening moment, but let's, let's not leave it on the internet. If, Let's make sure we're actually having life transformation because how easy is it just to post something online and pat myself on the back? If I'm going to be posting about call this governor to talk about this latest tragedy, but then I don't make the phone call, then like, why am I just posting this thing to make myself feel better? Um, So I I think I personally feel challenged by that um, to just be more intentional about, like, he was just so right. He was like, all these people are talking about Black Lives Matters. And he said, stop going to the protest and the protests matter. But what are you doing in your everyday life? Yes, that is the thing too, is um, like, what what are you doing in your friendship? Um, With my friends who are black and, and sitting with them and just walking with them and building a life with Mm. them and learning more and growing more. But also, like you said, it's like, it's not just posting about this, this gets me so excited because I'm like, gosh, we need to put our feet where our mouth is, our hands where our mouth is and our money where Mm. our mouth is. All of these things. Oh, it makes me want to cry. Cause I'm like, Oh, like if we were, it's such an impotent gospel to, um, to just post and scream and shout and not do. Mm -hmm. And I think too, even like feeling like we should be posting, it's like, well, maybe just stop posting and go and Mm -hmm. do and stop even taking a selfie of yourself while you're doing a really good thing for someone else and just let it be a good thing. And that's the thing too, that drives me a little bit crazy is like, I have to document my goodness before man instead of my goodness before the Lord. And that is where fear of man comes mm. in too. It's like, oh, so it's like, it's like, the, again, it's another both and right. thing that you were right. talking about is just getting out there and doing yeah. it. Gosh, man, that gets me oh. excited. I love Kevin oh, Singleton, by the, the way, best. too. He's, oh, he's yeah. so good. <laughs> I am so grateful for my friend Stephanie Mae Wilson and her heart to create content to help me walk into a place of God's presence with trust. She has a new prayer journal out. It's called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next. It's perfect for any woman who is navigating any sort of uncertainty about her future. It's a prayer journal for seasons of waiting and uncertainty, times of transition, and making big decisions. So whether you're single, married, a stay-at-home mom, or career woman, or anywhere in between, this prayer journal is for you. And I cannot wait to share it with you. The Between Places Prayer Journal launched officially on August 17th, and you can pick up your copy at smaywilsonshop.com. Stephanie also created a special promo code, just for the Refined Collective listeners. The code is REFINED and it will take 15% off of your copy of The Between Places. So again, to pick up your copy, just head to smaywilsonshop.com and use promo code REFINED for 15% off. This is another thing that came up for me when you were sharing, and I don't know if this is part of what Mm. you were sharing, but I was thinking of celebrity church culture. Let's Let's go go there. there. Great. 
So I shared with you before we started this vision that I got a couple years ago about the Western church. And the picture I got was that everyone thought we were in this strong house. And then really when we zoomed out, Mm -hmm. it was this house of cards. And then a gust of wind came and it wasn't even a big wind. It was like... And the whole thing fell down. And I sensed in that moment that that was a good thing. The church needed to come down because it was was a house of cards. And in the Psalms, it says, unless God builds the house, the builders build in vain. And we labor in vain. And a couple Mm -hmm. things came to my mind in that when I got that vision a few years ago. One, celebrity church culture. I mean, there's pastor after leader falling into sexual temptation. I mean, we have the Jerry Falwell yeah. thing happening right now with Liberty University, not affiliated with Liberty yeah. Church. Yeah, not, thank you <laughs> yes, for saying you're welcome. so. <laughs> um, but I, it's a weird time to be a part of church culture in America because often right now I feel yeah. embarrassed. And in sharing that, what are your thoughts about how does this, what I brought up, correlate with that dream you had, or am I going down another tangent? It does. So, no, this is great because the part that I don't share even in that Instagram post, because once again, it was from like a chapter in my book, was that night, the, the night that I had that dream, I had been speaking at a church. And after I got off of the stage, and it was one of those nights, I mean, people were, it was crazy. Like people were getting, physically healed. There was crazy stuff happening. God was moving. And I got down and this woman said to me, like she came like beelined for me. She goes, well, aren't you just so cute and entertaining? And I literally wanted to chop her head off. I was like, I am trying to pull it together right now, but I actually would like to hurt you because that right there was a statement that is the culture of Western Mm -hmm. church is this is, this, this fed me. I felt entertained. Mm. And I was like, how could you feel entertained when the spirit and the presence of God was moving? Like it was to the point where I was like, God, I actually don't want to do this anymore. Like I want to serve you, but I don't want to do this anymore. And that night I had the dream where the Lord like peeled back the layers and went, this is Christian culture Mm. is selfie me culture, ignoring the fact that there is death and destruction happening all around us or even paying attention to it, but still not bringing the life of Jesus because we're more interested in how we can get Mm. fed and where we can go to get what we want to get. And so I think the, like you said, this house of cards is falling down and I am so okay with it. (laughs) And even as a pastor and leader, there is a huge part of me that is like, God, we surrender your church to you. We give her back to you. God, forgive us. We repent for creating a structure that served ourselves instead of served the people. Mm. And it's and, and so I think that that all comes into play and that there is nothing, the things that have been hidden are now being exposed as well mm. within the church. And as difficult as that is and as hard as it is, I believe that God is trying to bring us back to the roots of his church and why she matters. And some of the greatest moves of God are happening in the Middle East. There are, when nobody knows about these Mm -hmm. churches, but these are micro churches, house churches that are hidden and being led by women, crying out loud, that are bringing thousands to Mm -hmm. Jesus. And so that, anyway, I get fired up. And I think sometimes... I just pray that even the season we're in as a people in the United States in particular, I'm like shaking over here, like in the sense of like, I just feel God, like if we could see the opportunity that we have right now um, to refine ourselves and go down to the very, very ground of what God is trying to do, I think it would change everything. Um, even if I can just yeah, share one please. little thing, Kat, uh, um, the beginning, uh, actually the day after Christmas, our basement flooded here in Brooklyn, awesome. and, um, which is, di- which is yes. disgusting because we're like, we're like, is this sewage water? <laughs> um, please God, let it not be sewage water. Anyways, long story short, um, but we could not get it to stop. It ended up being a pipe that had burst from the neighbor's side. We, we got it worked out. We're still fixing it. Some of the things in the basement oh. to this day, but the Lord said to me, he said, 
I am fixing the foundations of the church and it's going to take longer than you wish it would. And I was like, what, fixing my basement or fixing the foundation of the church? He's like, both. (laughs) But it was like this hype and shadow at the beginning of the year. And this was before March. This was before... COVID, this was, do you know what I mean? Like this was before everything kind of started to unravel um, in a sense for us. God was like, please pay attention. I am doing a deep Mm. foundational work. And so anyway. Yeah. Well, (laughs) in that, there are so many things that need to be fixed and healed. And I mean, my whole book, The Sexless in the City is all about, Mm. (laughs) um, Gosh, I can't wait for, I love that title. Are you serious? That's so awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you're one of the early people that has believed in me and spurred me on. So I'm I'm very grateful for you. I love you. you. So much of the, the heart cry and battle cry of my book is not to... Oh, the quote, you know, throw the baby out the bathwater, but to say, hey, yes. church, we we really blew it. <laughs> we gave, when it came to sex yeah. and sexuality and desire, we gave a set of rules and we didn't give a heart. We didn't give, we didn't share compassion. We didn't share God's vision for this. Yeah. We just said rules. And so we don't need to like throw the whole thing away and walk away from it completely. We just that's need to do it. better. And so that's a huge glaring yeah. thing that I see is that. But when you say, you know, that things need to be refined and we need to go back to the foundation. What are some of those foundational things that you think really need to be addressed in order for the church in America to, I don't even know what the word is, be restored, reconstructed, back on its feet, be effective? (laughs) Yeah, I think actually um, what it is for me, Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. I I think the simplicity and the beauty of the church is that um, if you don't, it says, do you mind if I just read this really quick? It says, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need every day, every day, not once a week, Mm. every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. The hunger was palpable, right? They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being Mm. saved. So that picture right there for me is the simplicity and the beauty of the church is that we would take a look. And this is maybe even any pastors or leaders that are listening um, is to take a look at the structures that we bow down to instead of the simplicity of the gospel that we are meant to bring Mm -hmm. to the world and how that happens. I think for me, that just shows a beautiful picture of true devotion to God, to each other, to fellowship, to breaking bread, to communion, to seeing signs, wonders, Mm. and miracles performed in the church to prayer together. And so it's like the stripping away of all the bells and whistles and the, you know, even I felt this crazy conviction, and, and this is okay that other people do it, is don't start posting your sermons online or video clips of yourself. And I was like, okay, like, you know, little things like that. It's like, pull it back, strip it back. What is Mm, this all about? And what did it begin for? And sending people. So I I know that sounds, maybe that's oversimplified, but um, I think that that's in a sense, what I see is I see us going back to just the simple tenets of our Mm. faith, prayer, um, giving to one another, true community. You know, I, I call people's bluff all Mm. the time. They're like, I want, I want like community. That's why I'm here. I'm like, okay, well, when we'll see, we'll see, you know, because this is, we'll see. And I think truly too, this is one other thing when I talk about the foundation, because this goes with community is we are meant to be disciples, making disciples. A disciple-making, multiplying culture is what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so we have become so consumed with what we can get and how we can change that we have forgotten 
community and that when we become a follower of Jesus Christ, that we make other followers of Jesus Christ. We, we make disciples. We do this together in community. It's become a self-serving gospel instead of a multiplication mm. gospel. And so does that make sense? Yeah, I, I know absolutely I said makes a sense. whole lot more. I don't know if you ever heard Christine Kane's developed, not discovered sermon from a couple years ago. <laughs> No, but I okay, I'm going to send, her, I'm gonna send it yeah. to you. She kind of talks about how, you know, it's about my name. You know, we say, oh, all the glories to God. Yeah. But really? Because you, <laughs> and I'm speaking to myself because I struggle all the time yeah. with having this online brand. I don't want to post a picture of myself. And yet I feel like I have to sometimes, or I have sure. to post the video or the graphic of me speaking at the conference, whatever it is. Totally. And it's all the tension, yeah, it's right? The tension. But she talks about how all, everyone in our culture day wants to be discovered. So we position ourselves to, Ooh. you know, oh, what do I need to do? I need to get in the worship band. Okay. Then I need to position myself so that this person can see me and see my gifts and talents so that my my calling can be exposed. And she she yes. gives the uh, metaphor of film photography versus Instagram filters. So you used to have to wow. take, even if you just had a Polaroid picture, you take the Polaroid, you have to wait for it to develop. And with the, mm. with the old school cameras, you had to go to a dark room. You had to be in the dark. You had to, you had to be processed. And now we, yeah. oh, I just got broke up or I, I just am in the midst of healing from my eating disorder. And let me make that a sermon. Let me make that a podcast. Let me make it a new mm. business. Whoa. 10 steps to heal your wounds when I'm just not even on step number one. I'm not, I'm even, not there. even there. So yeah, the whole thing is, you know, do we trust, do we trust the process? Do we trust that the wow. story really is about God and not about me making my name big? And but don't you think that feeds that whole picture that is in a way like the developed are discovered instead of being developed is like what feeds into the celebrity culture and the need to be seen instead of the need to need to be developed by a good yeah. God who knows us so deeply and knows how to heal right. our hurts and our pain. Right. And I think that they all kind of coincide mm -hmm. with each other. And that's why I feel like in this season, God is really stripping the layers back mm -hmm. of the church yeah. and of our lives so that we can hopefully wake up and pay right. attention to that. That's and so even good. what you're saying, going back to the simplicity of what is God's business? I mean, I go through the Old Testament and I see a God that is intentional, a God that is creative, a God that mm. is, you know, taking the, the God in Hosea that says, I will lure her to the wilderness and there she will call me lover, not master. And we see, we yeah. just see a God that is faithful. And then we see a Jesus in the New Testament that no matter what, love to be around people that were ostracized in society. Loves it. Like takes his disciples into uncomfortable right. situations. Constantly. <laughs> Jesus loved empowering women. I mean, there's just so, yeah. so much there. And, you know, when I moved to New York seven years ago, one of the number one reasons why I moved out here was because I wanted to really live a life where my life was reflective of the God I read about in the scriptures. And, mm. you know, I grew up in, I grew wow. up in Texas. And when I became a Christian, I was surrounded by Christians. It was very groupthink. Yep. And even moving to Southern California, Newport Beach is kind of the second Bible belt. And when I moved yeah. to New York, I just, I just thought, man, what I read <laughs> about Jesus Jesus was really like he didn't spend a lot of time like in a church building. He was out with people. And so I re I realized yeah. if my life isn't reflective mm. of a multi-generational, multi-ethnic, multi-socioeconomic, multi-belief system. Yeah. And if people who don't believe what I believe, if they don't feel comfortable around me, then I am not living a life that is reflective of this, this, some, what you're Jesus saying, the simplicity way, of the gospel. Life. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's yeah. so good. I'm oh. with you. I am dancing <laughs> yes. over here. Okay. Mm. So, <laughs> no, so now back to the dream interpretation. <laughs> We've talked a lot yeah. about the dream yeah. and 
I I think the question the question that was sent in via DM on Instagram was how do I know my dream means something? So you had this dream and it could have been, huh, I had a really stressful dream last night and I forget about it by lunchtime and it's a vague memory by the next day. How do you know your dream is prophetic? How do you know you're not just making something out of nothing? Yeah, that's great. So what I've realized over the years um, is that there, for me, what I have recognized in my life is four different types of dreams. So this is, this is super helpful because mm. then when you wake up in the morning, you can go, oh, that was that was definitely that sort of dream. And let me give those mm. to you really quickly. Soul, soul dreams. So soulish dreams, soul dreams. That's really where your brain is processing the day. Probably in that dream, if you had a thought about your ex-boyfriend, if you watched a television show with Beyonce in it, because Beyonce, um, yes. if you watch... <laughs> You know what I mean? I know. I know who I'm talking to that. I know you. I know. But if you if you watch that and if you listen to a certain song and somehow those weave their way into your dream, it's very possible that that is just your brain processing what you, you know, mm. thought about throughout the day, watched throughout the day. But then there are demonic dreams. So that's like night terrors. Mm. Those are not from God. That is not. And I think we need to really know that. The enemy, the thief comes, John 10, 10. The the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. What did Jesus come Mm. to give life and life abundantly? He'll come to steal, kill, and destroy your your sleep life. Um, Night terrors, there can be deliverance for that, by the way, too. I don't have night terrors anymore. And if they come every once in a while, I'm like, ooh, the enemy is showing his hand, which also is helpful. So it's a good way to turn around. If you feel fear, go, Ooh, what did the enemy show me? Now I know how to pray and ask God to be my helper, how to run into his presence. So soul dreams, demonic dreams. There is, um, like I had a, sorry, with a demonic dream, I had a dream once about an assault on my family Mm -hmm. and it was very specific to the weaknesses in all four of my children and my husband. So I woke up and I began to intercede over my family because the enemy showed his cards Mm -hmm. while I slept at night. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then, yeah, yeah. So that is... um, super helpful as well. So then there is um, prophetic dreams. So that can be like personally prophetic over your life. God's trying to show you something, speak to something that can be corporate, like for the church or for a city or for a region that can be for others in your life. The discernment that you need to know is when and where to share. A lot of times when it's about someone else, if they're not familiar with dream culture or understanding dreams biblically, um, it can really trip somebody mm-hmm. out. So maybe you're just meant to pray for them. Uh, depending on where you are within a church setting or whatever, maybe there are people you can share the corporate dreams with and you're able to decipher those and begin to pray appropriately. So like, I mean, I don't have time to go into it all, but I like, I dream a lot and like, we moved to New York. A huge part was God speaking to me in a dream. I've just recently had an airport dream and I like got part one and my husband got part two, which is kind of oh. crazy. I haven't posted that yet, but, um, and my husband doesn't dream all the time. So then when he has a prophetic dream, he's very aware. He's like, Ooh, that was God. Um, and sometimes like the, for others dream, like I had a dream once where I was in the freedom tower with people that were very close to me were standing at the top of um, one world trade. And there was a big storm that came. The freedom tower bent in half, touched the ground and then snapped back up and the storm was gone. Well, those people in my life actually went through a horrendous storm and we were with them in the middle of it and like a personal storm in their life. So even those sorts of things, and there can be symbolism, foretelling warnings and prophetic dreams. Um, and then the fourth type of dream is just like a personal discipleship dream. And I call it a personal discipleship dream because sometimes like what I've realized. So if I haven't dealt with um, something in my past um, or there's something that keeps coming up, um, a lot of times those will come into my mm-hmm. dream. So like a while ago, I used to have old boyfriends from high school dreams um, that were sexual in nature because of my life before Jesus. And I'm married, laying in bed with the man that I'm madly in love with. But God's like, hey, there's some things I need to deal with. Um, And I went and got prayer and healing for that and really stopped dreaming about that boyfriend. Mm -hmm. So it's stuff like that where God may be revealing something or a door that you left open that he's like, hey, we need to shut this door in your Mm -hmm. life. Personal discipleship, something he wants to reveal in your heart. And it's not a prophetic dream. 
It's just a dream where God like came speaking to you in the night hour to help deal with some issues of your heart. So those are the four types of dreams that I tend to see. So I hope that yeah. helps give a little bit of clarity. And yeah. how did you discover these four types? And is there any sort of like research you found or this was this is just your experience? This is my personal mm-hmm. experience experience actually. And then, um, gosh, I should have gotten the other books out for you. One, one very good, solid dream book that I would recommend to people that want to read uh, more about dreams and also have a little bit of a dictionary, mm-hmm. um, is it, the book is called the divinity code, the divinity code and the subtitles to understand your dreams and visions. Now, the reason why I say this one is because if you go and Google the biblical meaning of 13, um, you're probably going to get what a tarot reading number Mm -hmm. is. You're going to get the demonic symbolism. So I would say if you can, um, this would be a resource that I would highly recommend. Um, So that's been helpful. But I would say for me, that's what I noticed. And even in just conversation with other dreamers, um, I would say those are some of the four major types of dreams that I've noticed. Of course, God is not to be boxed. This is my my journey. And so I would say if there's more for you, keep digging and just make sure you find biblically based yeah. books. Otherwise, um, you kind of dabble in witchcraft got basically. So you gotta, gotta be careful. Gotta be careful of the witchcraft. <laughs> there's a fine there's a line. line. <laughs> if you know anything about me, you know this. I love Beyonce, God, talking about dating and relationships, and I am obsessed with skincare. I started really taking care of my skin a few years ago, and I mean really taking care of my skin. And now as a 35-year-old woman, the one thing I wish I would have known in my 20s about skincare is that it's never too early to start. One brand I've really come to appreciate is Beauty Bio. They have an incredible patented at-home micro-needling tool called the GlowPro. What they're passionate about? In-office results at home and with accessible price points. Because as much as I love skincare, there's no way I can afford those $400 lotions and elixirs. The micro-needling treatment helps create firm, smoother, younger-looking skin with tighter pores. And Hello, who does not want tighter pores? Not only is it incredible for anti-aging and financially accessible, it also doesn't add hours onto your skin regimen. I'm all about function and efficiency, y'all. And in just 60 seconds a day, you'll see results. So go to beautybio.com and check out their Glow Pro microneedling regeneration tool and use TRC15 for 15% off your first order at checkout. That's beautybio.com and use TRC15 for 15% off your first order. You're talking about symbolism and you mentioned airports. I know you can't give an exhaustive list, but what are some Mm -hmm. common symbols in dreams? You gave like, oh, eight means this, 13 means this. What are some of the common symbols that are in dreams? That's really good. I, um, well, numbers. So if you, I would say, if you remember a lot of detail, write that down. Colors and numbers um, of things are are something to really pay attention mm. to. And that's why I'm saying like, uh, that's a good thing to pay attention to. Also different types of buildings um, that you're in. So like whether it's a tower, you know, that can represent a lot of different things. Um, the type of building that you walk into, pay attention. Maybe you realized in your dream and you're very aware when you wake up, um, you know, that was a school, that was a government building, that was an airport, mm. that was... Um, and a lot of times there'll be major themes and things. That was a, a big open field. That was a scary forest. That was, you know what I mean? So paying attention to those big themes. Mm. And a lot of times, oh, cars are big too. So um, cars often represent ministry. So if you're in the car or mission on mission with someone together. So if you're in a car with someone, pay attention mm. to that. Little things like that. Um yeah. So those are the different things that I, and different types of vehicles. So like we've talked about airplanes, cars, um, motorcycles, like those are sorts of things where the vehicle that is taking you somewhere, pay attention to those surroundings. Okay. Um, and then we can yeah. find what all those mean in that book, The Divinity Code. Okay. Yeah. This book is it has like all great. The things. But I would also, it has all the things in there, but here's what I would say to do first, even before when I interpret a dream, I don't, I hardly, I mean, this is like a resource I pull off the shelf if I need it almost to check if I'm right. The Holy Spirit is going to be your greatest mm. teacher. So the the word of God, 
the Holy Spirit is going to be your greatest teacher. Stay in the word of God. You've got to read it all the time. Otherwise, you're going to start making crap mm. up that is, has nothing to do with God. Um, you need to be led by the Holy Spirit. And you need to be able to tell, is this the voice of the enemy? Is this my own thoughts or is this the Holy Spirit? And so using your discernment, the enemy's voice obviously does not align with the word of God or takes the truth and twists it. Your mind, you know how you Mm. think. And the Holy Spirit usually is like, for me, it's that first, I usually take a dream and I pray and go, Holy Spirit, does this have any meaning? And right away, I'll start to either hear, see, or think something Mm. that usually lines up. And then I'll go and look up in the book and I'm like, oh my gosh. So it's better to rely on that because what then what we end up doing is relying on a resource Mm. that is great, but it's also not the Bible and it's not Mm. God. So we got to be careful of that when we're going jumping into this interpretation thing. Otherwise, dreams can start to rule our lives. Well, and then I think what can happen is we I've seen it happen in different church circles, but also you know, not church circles, like my, my woo-woo friends and the dream interpretations is yeah. it people become then more obsessed with the person giving the interpretation. Tell me what this means. Like I'm looking for a sign yes. as opposed to like the giver of the dream. And Say I think it. you just yes, have to be so right careful <laughs> It's because I think we're all wanting an answer, you know, and I think so many girls had this, had this dream about this guy and then we want someone to confirm, oh "Oh my gosh, he's your husband. It's happening in 27 days. And then we like, (laughs) and actually we worship and cling to (laughs) the, the sign and as opposed to the person or to the giver of the sign and well, and that right there is, is so it's paramount to everything, right. right? So why do we seek out wisdom? Why do we run into the secret place? Why do we want to know what's next in our life? Well, hopefully our first pro, uh, port of call is just to be in the presence of the one who loves us and created yeah. us for connection mm-hmm. with him. And that's why I think he is so merciful and good that even as I sleep in some of my busiest seasons, He is speaking to my heart and that makes me sit up with gratitude that he would love me so much to meet me as I rest. Mm. And so, and then it stops, yeah, becoming about like, I have this dream and let me tell you what Mm. I think it means, but I'm super special because I'm a dreamer. Mm. I can interpret your dreams. Like, I mean, that got Joseph into trouble in the beginning. Right. (laughs) So... we got to remember that you got to remove your pride mm-hmm. and walk in humility in this as right. well. So that's really yeah. good. Kat. In saying all that, I would love to share with you a dream that I've been having yes. for years. Yeah. It pinged me because I was watching, you have your IGTV stories or TVs on dream interpretation, mm-hmm. which I'll link in the show notes. But you said, oh, yeah. you know, if you're having dreams at airports, that has to do with church or ministry or something. And I thought, what the heck? Mm-hmm. I have an airport dream all the time. It's a recurring <laughs> dream all the time. So here's yeah. what the dream is. I'm like trying to get somewhere. And yeah. I'm usually in a foreign country. I've had dreams where I'm in Germany or I was, my my most recent one was a couple days ago and I was in New York trying to get to Ireland and I'm yep. trying to get to the airport. I'm just trying to get to the airport and I can't get there. And I'm mm. jumping and often I have family members that are in the dream. It's usually not friends. It's usually yep. family members and they're there and they're not helping me or we're in a car trying to drive to the airport and there's, it's almost like we're being chased by something and it's so frantic and stressful. And then I'm at some point, this always happens in the dream. My luggage is lost. And so I can't get on the airplane because I don't have my luggage and I am, all I need to do is get on the airplane to go to the destination, but I can't get on it. I don't have my luggage. I look around me. There's people all around me and no one is helping me. And I feel like hopeless and frustrated and it just feels very frantic And then there's no resolve. There's been a few times in the dream where I've actually gotten onto the plane, but I never get to my destination. But typically what happens is I'll get to the airport and something dramatic will happen with 
my not being able to get through security. I'm missing my flight. So it's me chasing something and not being able to get there and then feeling as though no one is helping me and looking around and being surrounded by people and wondering why isn't anyone helping me? So that's the dream. Got it. Okay. So can I ask you a question before like I delve into a couple of things is, is there anything as you are looking at this so you know we talked about even four types of Mm -hmm. dreams is there this looks like it could be two prompts Mm -hmm. right where there is some some form of this where god is speaking to future destination shifting Mm -hmm. moving but also that there could be some personal things too where god is like i want to i want to work on this i want to do this is there anything that comes to mind or you feel i don't know how do you hear the holy spirit are you like a knower do you kind of hear something or is it an impression or a picture? Is there anything that comes to mind for you where you're like, ooh, I think the Holy Spirit is talking to me about A, B, yeah, and C. I that, wanted to ask you yeah, that Yeah, that's first. such a good question. I, I think with typically when I have dreams, for the most part, I'll, I had another crazy dream that's not time for me to share on a podcast, but <laughs> I woke up and I yeah. instantly knew what it was. I just... Oh, okay. Yeah. This okay. is for this. Yeah. And this has felt murky. And so okay. I usually I'll have an impression or I'll have a picture or I'll just have a sense of, oh, this is about this. And this particular dream, I mean, the two things that I think of is one being, I think I have felt a lot in my life that I was on my own. And okay, there I, you go. Yep. even just, you know, being in the hustle of a city like New York City and just feeling, gosh, man, I'm single, I'm struggling, I'm just running. And why does success seem to be happening for other people, but it's not quote unquote happening mm. for me? There's, there's another. No, that's actually real. That's really yeah. good. Keep yeah. going. Yeah. If you've got something else. I think growing up, I didn't have a lot of safe people and the people that were supposed to be safe weren't safe. And I was the mama duck. I took care of my siblings. I was kind of the protector and it can be even to this day, I've done so much healing and gone through my past a gazillion times and all the things. Yes, you have. You're amazing. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is so exhausting. <laughs> but I think I can yeah. still feel as though no one has my back. And so I'm running, trying to do these things, whatever it is, taking care of my family, taking care of myself, paying my rent, whatever it is. And then feeling as though, why isn't anyone helping me? I'm so tired. Mm, Yeah. And meanwhile, like, you know, an airplane represents, um, it can represent freedom in the spirit. It can represent new heights going Mm. to a new place. Um, Isn't that interesting? Mm. So like, even trying to get to that next destination of where God has for you, but feeling the frustration, maybe the cycle mm. um, of like, why is this cycle still in my life? Cause you're not wrong, Kat. This is what I love about you. If you are a woman who is willing to do the work, you're a woman who is willing to do whatever it takes to walk in freedom, spirit, soul, and body of who you are. And so I think if anything, like, even as you speak that, I love, Thank you for like even being vulnerable to like share your heart and all of that. Maybe God is bringing you even in this season back to a place of, Hey, I am not rejected and I am not alone. Like I, I, God, I repent of that. And I thank you that you are in the vehicle Mm -hmm. with me because like, that's the biggest thing too. I realized is like the vehicle of ministry. Like he can get you to the airport. Mm. He can get you on the plane. He can get you to the destination. And so I would say, even in your own time, as those little things happen, um, cause here's the deal with freedom and deliverance too. And this is what I realized as well. I got annoyed because I wrote the book called She is Free about like basically an everyday deliverance, breaking agreements with things and stepping into freedom. And then I'm on summer vacation sitting in an actual deliverance session going, what the heck? I know this stuff. How come I'm Mm. here? But like the layers, peeling back the layers and what layers is he peeling back is actually you step into a new Mm -hmm. season. 
which you are. You're jumping onto a genuine airplane, going into a new season. And I think he's speaking to multiple facets of who's in the car with mm-hmm. you, but also maybe things where you're like, I'm going to reject some of these yeah. lies and I'm going to cling to the truth of who God is in mm-hmm. that. So um, I know that this is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. I'd actually love for you if you want to, because I don't have time to kind of break down the whole thing. But also this is another thing I do is I have a couple of people in my world that are dreaming, like they, they have that gift or they naturally lean into. And I think all can interpret right. dreams, especially because we have the Holy Spirit. So again, let's not idolize any one person, but um, in the sense of that gift. Um, but what I would say is I send it to a few mm-hmm. people and it's always amazing to see the full picture that comes back from different people that see the same thing, but from a different mm-hmm. angle. Yeah. So if you, if you wouldn't mind sending it to me too, I would love to take a little yes. bit deeper into it I with you. I would love that. Which yeah. kind of leads me yeah. to, well, first of all, thank you for saying all those things. And it just makes me want to sit with it more because typically what happens is I'll wake up in the middle of the night and, you know, it's, I don't feel rested. I feel as though I've been running around all night and it's exhausting. (laughs) And I think sometimes I can get hesitant sharing with people because kind of like you said, you want the first person to be speaking to you to be God. You don't want to have an entire committee because I've definitely, I've definitely had, and this is kind of my last question. I'll, I'll get there, but I've had people, even recently, a girl reached out to me on Instagram and sent me a voice memo. We, we were in each other's lives years ago. I haven't seen her in years. And she said, she basically got a picture for me and gave me this picture and then gave me the meaning of it. And I totally didn't resonate with it at all. <laughs> this is actually good. I'm glad you're telling this and story. I, yeah. she, so she gave me this picture of this snow globe and it was being shaken. And instantly when she said that, I thought, oh, this is about, you know, transition and like my calling being really shaken up in my life and stepping in a new season. And then she goes, this is about your husband and your husband's going to shake your snow globe. And, and I just thought, I really don't resonate with that at all. And I sat with it for a few days and I felt really confused by it. And, but then I trust, I kind of, I trust for myself. No, like this really, I don't, I think she had this vision for me, but she she didn't interpret it the way it was supposed to be for me. Um, but I think yeah. what can happen is people are just so quick. People want to give people words, right? And and yeah. so what are your thoughts about when to share something, how to share something? And it kind of made me feel really weird that this person I hadn't heard from in a very long time share this thing with me with no context and then interpret it. And it just felt really weird. And I thought, man, I'm pretty secure and grounded in who I am, the self-work I've done, where I'm at with God, but I could see someone doing that to another person. So I have another friend who is new, a new Christian, and she doesn't want anyone Mm -hmm. giving her words because she was really into astrology for a long time. And she when she went yeah. to a psychic and the got a curse and was like trapped for three years by this curse with that this woman gave wow. her. And so mm-hmm. she is very, very hesitant to have anyone kind of speak into her life in that way. And so yeah. all of that being said, what are your thoughts about sharing a dream, sharing a vision, speaking something over someone's life? I think it's twofold. It's the person sharing and also the person receiving. So um, I think we need more transparency in the prophetic. And I think that's part of the problem, whether that's through prophetic dreams or giving a word, a prophetic word or an encouragement. Um, First Thessalonians 5, 20 through 21 says, do not despise prophecies, but mm-hmm. there's a but here. Test everything and hold fast to what is good. Hold fast to what is good. So the truth is, is every prophecy from a prophetic dream to a prophetic word or encouragement from the hearer, the person who is receiving um, needs to test it and hold fast Mm. to what is good. They also need to be able to have the ability. If there is a person who is giving a, sharing a prophetic dream or whatever, and they're like, I'm right. Mm. 
operating from a place of pride is is partnership with Satan. Mm. So let's just be that clear. We have to walk in humility with the prophetic in any way and realize that we are fallible humans who can be very wrong. Mm. (laughs) And so when we give a word ever, we need to be, be, hey, I want you to test this. That's walking in humility. Mm. This could be wrong. This needs to be tested. How does it resound with you? Does it not resound with you? And we need to be able to actually have conversation and have healthy places for the prophetic to be tested. Um, And so when you're the giver of a prophetic word, first, you need to actually ask God, am I meant to share this or am I meant to just pray for the person? Um, And then if you are meant to share it, come with humility, like I said, and say, hey, this is the picture I'm getting. This is what I think it means. Does that resound with you? Yes or no. And if they're like, no, go, okay. Thank you for helping me to grow and learn in this gifting. Um, And I really appreciate your Mm -hmm. honesty in that instead of us being hurt or wounded because we might have got it wrong. Um, So I think it's it's both sides of the coin. And we just, there's been so much abuse in the prophetic in a lot of churches and visions and dreams and all of that, that we have to be really wise in how we Mm -hmm. do this and create um, safe cultures where, um, we walk in humility as we do this yeah. together. So, um, does yeah, that that's super helpful. Yeah. I remember when I first yeah. did prayer training and prophetic training years ago, my pastor said, when you give a word, you know, always how you said come with humility. He said, you know, this could be from God. It could be from the pizza I ate last night. I don't know, but let me just give this to you and you take it to God as opposed to, I think it can sometimes feel, wow, this person in my life that I really respect said this thing to me. And it almost feels like thus says the Lord when Maybe it wasn't. Maybe they were off. And it's okay to say, I actually don't resonate with that. Or it sounds like in in all giving giving a dream, receiving a dream, whatever it is, to pause and ask God first. I always. mean always, always, and, always. And, and maybe that even goes back to what we were initially talking about. If we just paused for two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> And okay. Well, and I, what is the whole thing of even Romans 12? It's like, I urge you, therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy in view of who he is, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's Mm. will is his good, pleasing and perfect will. But what does that start with? That's a full surrender of our everything. But meanwhile, we just conform to the patterns of this world. We do what Mm -hmm. we want, and we're trying to find what the will of God is without fully surrendering our lives on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And so it does. It goes back to the start of everything. So good. (laughs) Lay it down. Lay it down. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to start singing here. Andy, thank you so much for talking with me and sharing your heart. I just, I really, really adore you. I just, I love you. I love you. And can I say your next season is going to be phenomenal, even what you're stepping into and that airports Mm. represent transition and change and new destination and shifting in season. I am really excited and praying Mm. for you for, for what is next. Um, So yay. Yay. (laughs) Thank you you so much. I know you're, you're finishing up your third book. So I don't know if that's going to be out by the time this is live, but how can people stay in touch with you? And Oh, one of the other DMS I got is when does your podcast come back out again? I know I'm the worst. (laughs) Honestly, I need to figure out we've been in so much change. I need I we've got a new assistant now and I'm trying to have her help me figure out how I can get Mm -hmm. rolling again. I miss it. I love doing it too. So um, just ASAP as soon as possible, (laughs) working on it. Um, I mean, it's not like you're just sitting around smoking a cigarette, you know. (laughs) I mean, that's all I'm doing. That's all I'm doing. (laughs) You're like, I'm just chilling. (laughs) Hey, kids, leave me alone. I'm on the porch. I'll get smoking. Um, So, uh, yeah, people can just, everything is just my name. So my Instagram, my Facebook, my um, website is just Andy Andrew, A-N-D-I. Andrew with no S.com or at Andy Andrew. So any of the social 
anything, that's where people can, you'll find my book there. You'll find it free downloadable stuff there. You'll find all of the information at all of those love places. It. So yeah. Love it. So good. Well, thank you for your yeah. heart and I love you. Giving you hugs. I love giving you. Giving you hugs. We're, in the, we're so close yet so far. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Okay, babe. Bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Refine Collective podcast. If you made it this far into the episode, you are truly my soul sister and I want to keep in touch with you. Like, what did you think of the episode and what's your favorite Beyonce song and what questions and topics do you want me to cover on the podcast? I want to know these things from you. So I give you the permission to slide into my DMs over on Instagram at the refined woman. I would love to connect. Also, did you know my book, Sexless in the City, a sometimes sassy, sometimes painful, always honest look at dating, desire, and sex drops April, 2021. In this book, I'm talking about growing up in Christian purity culture filled with promise rings and true love weights and basically how my dating life was non-existent for most of my life and how all of that changed when I moved to New York City. I found out it's a lot harder not to have sex when you're actually dating. So yeah, I'm getting real in my book, Sexless in the City, and I'd love to keep you updated on all things book related from when it drops or opportunities to join my book launch team and how to pre-order all of the things. So go to bit.ly slash TRW dash sexless. Again, that's bit.ly B-I-T dot L-Y slash TRW dash sexless. And you can join my community for all the updates. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. I am truly grateful. Bye for now. Bye.